0: Yeah, so what's up? How's it going? Well, I got married. You got married. <laughs> <laughs> There's that. Yeah. So we that's we haven't we haven't recorded for oh, a while, well, well over a month. Yeah, because but it's been for good reason cuz you've been busy. Right. Getting getting hitched.
1: All right, do we do we have any uh, updates for our listeners or anything? Any updates? Subscribe to our Instagram. Yeah, do that. I think you know, a lot
0: of people who are going to hear this already do subscribe to it. Uh, follow us, I guess, right? That's right. the word for follow. it. Follow. Follow us I on say subscribe? Yeah. My bad. <laughs> follow, subscribe to our, to our podcast.
1: <laughs> subscribe to our podcast. Yeah. Which you already do Which Oh, th- here's a new thing. Maybe. Um, I don't know if, um, I don't think I announced it last time, but we're on Google now. Yeah. So you, you can find us on iTunes and so subscribe there, but yeah. Google has uh, released their own podcast. Right. Place and you can get it right on your Android app yeah. in um, Google Music, I believe. Because before Android users couldn't, they didn't have like an, a, a native app that they could just. Go yeah, there and... were some third-party apps that they yeah. could download, but but now we're right there on Google. You can access us right on your computer through the browser too. Yeah, um, podcast player there, just at Google Music. Um, yeah. you can search for us, Two Mormon Guys, yeah. and and subscribe there and listen there too. So it's it's a great resource for Android users and computer users.
0: Yeah, it. I mean, it's it's nice to to be able to have because before, like, you could still get it. Right. It just kind of felt like you had to jump through a couple of hoops, and right. you know, but now it's just really easy, you know. Um. So yeah, there's that. We had another review since we last recorded. Right. Yeah. Yeah, we, maybe even a couple. But yeah, yeah. At, at least a Some really review. positive one. Like we're really grateful for those things. 'Cause they really help us out and and um help more people to be able to find us and and more people to see it and say, Oh, I wanna check this out. Which just means we can have a larger conversation and and hopefully be able to learn from more people and learn with more people and whatever. So it's really cool. Did did you wanna do any follow up from the last episode at all? Um I don't know. I probably would be a good idea. Um so the last episode was the pornography episode correct and it was great like it went great and and uh, I, I felt like we were able to say most of what we wanted to say right there and um, we had good feedback from it I think it's an uncomfortable um, topic for a lot of people right it is okay I, I understand that but we the ones we we had some interaction with a couple of people that right. that emailed us and 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 just had questions or you know what do you guys think about this or whatever and that was really cool right because we'd love to be able to have any kind of interaction especially on that topic because we feel like we, we can we can help people you know right. we can help some people to understand some things and and we can be helped by others too that might see things a little bit differently than we do so any questions or concerns or issues or whatever with any of that Stuff well, with anything, but but particularly with the pornography episode or anything, then we'd love to hear from it.
1: Right, hear from you. We actually another thing that came from it is um, this hasn't happened yet, it hasn't been scheduled yet, but hmm. we've been invited to go speak to uh, an addiction recovery yeah program, um, just a, a class yeah to kind of share our experiences and yeah and um, kind of what you know some of the things we talked about in the episode and stuff like how how we have successfully overcome um, yeah. A pornography addiction. Yeah. So I'm looking forward to that. That'll be kind of a one-on-one, or not one-on-one, but more of a, an intimate um, it's a smaller you know, group smaller smaller group and be able yeah. to see people's faces right. and interact it, with them, you know? Yeah,
0: to have that that like connection with another human being, uh, I think it's very, very important. And it, it's it I mean so Johan Hari, who was the guy who he wrote wrote the book Chasing the Scream, which is where a lot of the information Came from um, from that TED Talk that we shared right. um, about everything we think we know about addiction is wrong. He said that. Um, well, I just lost my train of thought completely. What were we? Th- what were you just talking about?
1: Um, I just said that we are going to be face to face. Oh yeah, so
0: like his his solution essentially is connection between human beings. That we, we we crave connection. We're social creatures, and that's what they did in Portugal is to they help people reconnect help people integrate back into society and that's what they found to be most successful in in helping people recover from any addictions so right. so yeah it re- will be really cool to be able to to actually have you know face-to-face interaction
1: right. so anyway that's a little follow-up we yeah. won't dive into that topic again today but maybe yeah. sometime in the future as we have more and more experiences with it we'll sure, talk yeah. about it from time to time but today yeah. We got a different topic that we're going to hop into.
0: Yeah. We're going to talk about a talk. Okay. Talk about a talk. We're going to talk about a talk. Yeah. It's not a conference talk, but it is a talk given at BYU. They do those devotionals, you know, I don't know when, how often or whatever, right, but, right. but they usually will have a, a, an apostle or a general authority come and speak. And, and this one was in 1999, I believe, and it was Elder Holland who gave the talk and it's entitled cast not therefore away. No, what is it? It's, <laughs> yeah. it's hard to say it. You I can't. It, man. Yeah. Cast, cast not away. away therefore there... yeah. your confidence. Yes. Yeah. It's not really proper English. <laughs> That's why it's hard for me. Right. Yeah. Cast not away. Therefore your confidence. There yeah. It is. Um, well, it's because it's a, it's a, it's a scripture. Scripture. Yeah. Paul, Paul says it. You would wanted to like have actual clips of Elder Holland speaking and then have us just discuss it. And I think that'd be really cool. And and I think maybe in the future we'll be able to figure out a way to kind of do that. But we're not quite sure on, on all the legal logistics of if that's allowable or whatever. Right, but, and whether or not um, we should just do it without yeah, asking. Yeah, yeah.
1: But um, yeah. So, so we'll we'll look into that for maybe futures because I there there are going to be future podcasts where we will talk. Yeah. We plan on talking about just different conference talks. Yeah. you know, it's going to be here's this talk, and we just want to discuss it, go in more depth than just what we heard, and kind of kind of tear it apart a little bit and talk about it. And yeah. So I think that can be a, a really fun thing to do. And so yeah, at you know times there may just be conference talks that we talk about instead of a specific topic.
0: Right. Yeah. So this one, like the basic idea of this talk is, look, you're going to have opposition, right? And and particularly anytime that you receive some light from God or you receive some kind of knowledge or some kind of enlightenment, um, you receive some peace some of mind, some revelation, or when you're about to receive some revelation and Satan knows it, he's going to fight you. Right. He's going to oppose you. He's going to cast doubt, fear, and he's going to try to keep you from trusting
1: or believing or, you know. Right. And I would even add to that, even if there's a, a big step coming up in your yeah. life too, a, yeah. a big decision that needs to be made, Yeah, that's where the opposition could come in as well.
0: Absolutely. Yeah. So his first example, at the beginning of the talk is about Joseph Smith, right? The, the first vision. Like he hadn't even opened his mouth to pray yet he he knelt down and and all of a sudden he was overcome with this powerful darkness you right. know with with this power that literally was binding his tongue and 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 he felt like it was a physical presence just smothering him and and what does he say something like um um the moment that i you know felt that i was going to be overcome by this by this darkness that uh you know and and just literally like literally be be destroyed
1: so what does he say? I called upon God. Uh, doesn't he say that he exerted all exerting, of his energy or, or exerting his energy to call upon God? Yeah. And then he was delivered. Yeah. And in the moment that he felt like he was going to be destroyed was the moment that he um, uh, that he was actually delivered. I found it interesting. I, I just had this thought just occurred to me is it reminds me of when we talked about um, Alma the Younger. When he mm. was going through the torment and pain, he mm. had to call out to, oh, to Jesus, Jesus you know, God, to yeah. to receive what he received in it. Yeah, it's almost it's a little bit of a different situation or scenario there, but sure. like the same thing is kind of exerting the energy to call out to God, yeah, to, to to bring God into the situation. And one
0: point that Elder Holland makes later in the talk, and we'll
1: discuss this, but he
0: one of the keys is like um, you have to really want it. Right. I it, almost like you're desperate for it. You have to have it. I have to have this. I need help and I need it now. Oh you know, or, or I need it um desperately, right? Like I have to have it or I'm gonna be destroyed. And that was in Joseph's case for sure. And I think in, in Alma's the younger's case, he felt that way. You know. Right. Yeah, so and then he goes on to talk about Moses, right? And Moses' experience in meeting and seeing and speaking face to face with God, and God shows him this glorious revelation of the like of the entire world, <laughs> like the history of the world and the future and everything that's gonna happen. And then immediately afterward, Satan comes to him and says, I'm the son of God, worship me, I'm the only begotten. And And Moses says, well, who are you? I can look upon you in the natural man. But God, I could see his glory and I I couldn't look on him without being changed. Who are you that I should worship you? And Satan throws a tantrum. I mean, just, you know, loses his mind and frightens Moses. And it came to pass that Moses began to fear exceedingly. And as he began to fear, he saw the bitterness of hell. So the 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 issue here is so Moses had this glorious vision and felt God's love and felt a testimony coming on. I mean he uh, he had a short testimony, I mean he'd seen right. he knew without a doubt, right? And it's a similar thing with Joseph Smith, right? He was overcome with this uh this darkness and there was fear. When Satan uh, was throwing a tantrum, Moses feared exceedingly. And so that's kind of Elder Holland's point with this talk, right? That there's going to be opposition. And it usually comes in the form or for the purpose of making us afraid. It's easy for us to suddenly doubt or fear, did I really feel the spirit? Right. Is that really the spirit or was that just me? I can't remember what it felt like. Um, it might have just been me. But the mechanism that's going on emotionally and mentally is fear, right? Mm-hmm. We're like, we're just afraid. And then all of a sudden we believe the fear. We say, oh, well, it must not be. But it's just fear. Fear doesn't prove one way or the other. It's just a possibility. Oh, it might be it might not be, I, but but because we are afraid and we feel that, it's intensely powerful, and it and it can cause us to form opinions based
1: on it. I think later in the talk he references this again, the story of Moses, and he says about him fearing, and he said that's when you'll see it. That's when you'll see the bitterness of hell. Yeah. is when you're afraid. Yep. yep. And so it was
0: right there. Um, and, and Moses began to fear exceedingly. And as he began to fear, he saw the bitterness. So of it was
1: the fear that
0: caused him to, because I think that this is, this is something I believe in is that the power that Satan has is fear. He doesn't have hope. He doesn't have peace. He can't counterfeit them. He can't create them. He has fear. That's what he uses to try to, in, in in any of its many forms, I'm learning a lot about fear recently. There's two emotions, really, two emotions, two feelings, fear or love. And that's it. And everything else comes from one of those two. So fear, you've got anger or malice or hatred or um, um, worry, doubt, and love. On the other hand, you have peace, joy, uh, patience. Hope. Hope. You know, the the good and positive emotions and things that we would feel, we would classify them more specifically, but they're really coming from love or fear. And as we've talked about in the faith episode, that faith and fear cannot coexist
1: in the in same, the same mind, mind at the same time.
0: Right. And so whenever we're dealing with spiritual matters and we're trying to gain a testimony, we have to be very aware of how we feel and ask ourselves, is this coming from fear or is this coming from love? If it's coming from fear, it's not coming from God. If it's coming from love, it can't be coming from Satan. Right. That's one of the major points that I took away from this
1: whole talk. But I think you can even break that down to even like little things, maybe not even big decisions, but I think a lot of times we act out of fear.
0: Yes. Yep. Well, and that's the point, kind of like... Other is trying to warn us. how many times have we had this an experience kind of like that where you know something's right, and this is what he says. You know you know something's right. you've, you've prayed, had it, about it, prayed about
1: it. about it. you know that it's right for you, you yep. felt the the spirit that's and... right.
0: And then you go to do it, and all of a sudden you start having the doubts again right. Well, I don't know it? It, well, a lot of the time it's because you have an opposition and and it and it doesn't just work out. Right. It doesn't just happen and come together easily. And so then it it's kind of difficult, and sometimes it's really hard. And then you think, well, maybe it's not right. Maybe I was mistaken. Right. And so we are tempted to give up, right? And so, like, how many times on a mission would, you know, do we meet somebody and talk to them about the gospel and they accept an invitation to uh, have a a discussion or something or come to church and then it doesn't pan out because oftentimes because they experience some type of fear because someone came to them in opposition. Well, Satan inspired someone to come to them and say, no, you don't want to do that. That church is evil and bad and wrong. Or, you know, you don't want to go to church. There's a football game on this Sunday or whatever, right? Like, Um, Some kind of opposition is going to come up, try to dissuade you from doing what you felt was right in the first place. Right. So I think that that's that's Elder Holland's point here, is to um, remember, remember, number one, that there is going to be opposition. So when you feel like God is speaking to you and he's telling you to do something, the point is, don't cast not away, therefore, your confidence. Don't just throw it away now in the future. So, like, you know, God spoke to you and he said, This is correct and this is right. The church is true. The Book of Mormon is true. Joseph Smith was a prophet. If you knew it, if it was right once, it's still right in the future. Right. Right. And so, don't just out of fear make a decision that's, that says, No, it must not be. Right? you're going People are gonna come, and they're gonna say things, and they're gonna say, "Oh, well, the church isn't true because of this, or because of that, or Joseph Smith did this or didn't do that, or whatever." But if you have received a revelation from God yourself personally, cast not away therefore your confidence. When someone else comes to you who is not God and says, "Yeah, but this," or "Yeah, but that," and uses fear against you and gets you tries to get you to, to, to
1: to go back. Let me use uh, Holland's words right here. Yeah. Don't panic and retreat. Don't uh-huh. lose your confidence. Don't forget how you once felt. Don't distru- distrust the experience you had. Hmm. That tenacity is what saved Moses when the adversary confronted him and is what will save you. Yeah. I- so kind of summarizing what you just you just yeah, said Yeah, much
0: more eloquently.
1: Yeah. Exactly. In fact, I
0: been having, I was having a little bit of a conversation with a, a friend just earlier today about where, where she was having a tough time with just having some fears, right? And some doubts that say, I know the church is true. I knew it. I felt it was before. I felt it was recently, but now I'm, I don't know. I'm I'm feeling, I don't know if it's, if it's right, right? You know, I don't know. And I said, that's interesting you would say that because we're literally about to record a podcast episode on this very topic. Satan tries to use fear. He tries to get us to cast away our confidence. I mean, notice the Notice the words there, confidence. That's something that I did want to talk about here. What is confidence? And how do we experience it? Like, what does
1: it do to us? You you know it was funny as as I was kind of reviewing this talk last night mm-hmm. and you know the title is cast not away therefore your confidence mm-hmm. and there's another c word that we've talked about at times mm-hmm. um, in the faith episode and and other episodes as well and it's that 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 word that Tony Robbins really loves a lot <laughs> what's that c- word certainty certainty yeah and I, I I thought that there was maybe a, a link or a yeah. connection between confidence and certainty cast not away therefore your certainty. Right, because if you be were certain about it once, if you prayed about yeah. it and you felt absolutely yeah. that it was true and that it was right, yeah, then it's still going to be you know what? What happened to your certainty? You know, right. what, what, where did your certainty go?
0: Right, and and notice that it's just it's all it's all in your feelings, right? Like how we feel about something. will teach us like if we feel the Spirit, we feel certain, we feel confident, we feel assured and calm. But if we feel uh, Satan will come in and with his with his power which is fear and try to get us to to disbelieve that right so i think it's really important and this is like kind of a theme for me in my life and 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 it comes up as we're having these conversations a lot is just that all human behavior is a result of the state we're in right so if we have a testimony of the church or of the gospel or of the, a principle of the gospel, we're going to feel in our emotions, we're going to feel confidence or certainty or calmness, assurance, or whatever. And we're going to feel peace. And And all those are coming from love, right? Right. And so it's important for us to recognize how we're feeling in every moment and how something is making us feel. And it can take some time to like, kind of sort through those feelings and emotions and because sometimes just what we believe or what we've been taught as we were younger um, can make us doubt or question or fear something that we don't need to be afraid of. you know. But for the most part, we just need to be aware and be, be, um, be constantly aware of how we feel and ask yourself, is this making me feel confident or certain or is this making me feel afraid or doubtful? In that way, we really simplify our decisions, right? Like, is this coming from God because, you know, it's making me feel love or peace or whatever? Or is this coming from Satan because it's making me feel fear? Right. And don't
1: make a decision in your life based on fear. He uses another example in the talk. He starts talking about, well, he actually talks about revelation for a minute. He talks Uh about, you know, the standard way that we that we think about how you receive revelation is you study it out in your mind, mm-hmm. like we learn in the yeah. doctrine and covenants, and then, you know, you pray and ask God and he'll either confirm or, or deny. Right. You know? And, and then he brings up a, another example of the spirit of revelation. And yeah. um in doctrine and covenants eight, just the, the section before that, it talks about the spirit of Re- Re- revelation. And the example that is used is Moses leading yep. um, his people, you know, through the Red Sea on dry ground um, when he parted the Red Sea. And it was referred to that as the spirit of revelation. Right. And he was like you know, usually you think of Revelation as being, you know, information, like you need to get, you need to get information. Like, right. well, how, that seems like a miracle. That, right. That's a classic example of a miracle is what yeah. he says. But then he says, you know, Moses did need information. He needed yeah. to know what to do, you know, to, to be able to lead them away from captivity. Right. Um. And so, you know, he used that as an example of of the spirit of of Revelation. And I, I just thought that was interesting. And, and he There's a part here that he says that I really like. You will need information too, but in matters of great consequence, It is not likely to come unless you want it urgently, Mm. faithfully, humbly. Moroni calls it seeking with real intent. If you seek that way and stay in that mode, not much the adversary can counter with to dissuade you from a righteous path. Mm -hmm. You can hang on whatever the assault and the affliction because you have paid the price to figuratively at least see the face of God and live.
0: Yeah. So like, I really loved that section there because notice what he said. If you can seek that way and stay in that mode, what does that mean? Could I say it a different way? If you can stay in that emotional state. Right. Right. And what is that emotional state? Wanting it urgently, faithfully, and humbly. Right. And faithfully would be um believing without doubt, you know, certainty. So having certainty and wanting it urgently. I mean, you really intensely want it. I really want this. I really, really want this. And I'm certain that God will give it to me. Will grant me this information and humbly meaning with an open heart and an right. open mind
1: and willing to be to, to willing to change willing to yeah. be taught willing yeah. to be molded willing to get down on your knees and exert yeah your, right. you know call upon god to, to yeah. receive that because another thing he mentioned earlier was like that we need to exert our energy to call upon god because it's him that's going to deliver us right instead of us doing all of the work to make it happen and so like in 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 these different situations you know calling out to god and he meant he mentioned like and see his salvation yeah like, like he needs to play an active role in in all of this you right
0: know? and we talked about the after all we can do you know in like the first episode or, or no and it was a few later right right um but we do tend to i think get the wrong impression that that like okay i have to exhaust myself I have to do everything that's very anything that's possible for me to do. I have to do it on my own first before he's going to do it. But what we're really trying to do is not do anything on our own, but we're trying to get his help to do everything. With him. With him. Together. Right. It doesn't mean we're just doing nothing and sitting around, but it means that we're relying on his power instead of our own.
1: Right. Because I think sometimes this message could, not that he, I mean, he delivered it great, I don't think you could confuse us at all, but I think sometimes people, you know, cast not away therefore your confidence. And mm-hmm. you're like, okay, well, I've got to, I've got to have my, I've got to muster up the strength to have willpower. the confidence, the willpower and confidence myself. Like, yeah. oh, and then when you mess up or, you know, you doubt or you right. fear, then you're like, oh, man, why didn't I have more confidence? Like, why couldn't right. I have gotten more confidence? Where is the confidence going to come from? It's going to come from God. Right. Yeah.
0: It's about the emotional state, it's about right. getting into that state of um, of confidence. And and peace, and love. It's really going to come from love. If you can tune into love, I've been. This has been my focus for the last couple of weeks. It it's been. I've I've kind of put away aside all of my other things that I'm trying to figure out and do and whatever. And I've just made that my focus. I pray to God to fill me with His perfect love, you know. And and I try to open up my heart and try to visualize myself receiving His love and feeling loved and feeling lovable. And that's the like, as I've been reading, um, I've been reading Daring Greatly still, it's taking me a while, <laughs> but Brene Brown is really a genius. I think she is so just spot on, just right on. And she is, she is a, a blessing from God because I, I think she's helped so many people to be able to understand shame and understand, um, vulnerability and, and, and that, that it's coming. You have to be in a place of love for yourself. I mean, real. think about it. Like, we're supposed to be to have charity towards each other, that logically includes you, meaning you should feel about yourself the way Jesus feels about you. Right. And if you can't do that and you can't allow that into your heart, you won't be able to share it with anybody else. So, you know, when you're able to open up and receive love into your own heart, then there is no place for the fear that Satan's going to try to put in. There's no place for it. It can't get in. It can't get in because you're filled with that
1: love. Right
0: you know and so as reading through his talk to me it, it it it's all coming back to being having an awareness of how you feel taking an inventory of it how do i feel in this moment
1: is it fear or is it love and if it's fear it's okay sure yeah yeah and and now it's trying it's you know figuring out the course correction for right now how can i feel the, the love, love instead yeah right. exactly Exactly. And I, and I think that's important because I think that sometimes you just get going on with life and things are busy yeah. and you don't even realize that you've been in the state of fear and now all your decisions right. and all your actions are based out of fear yeah. and you need to kind of take that stop and realize so that you can kind of yeah. get back on And there There's
0: sophisticated little tricks that emotionally that we play on ourselves. Like any just you can go throughout the day and, and all of a sudden you're getting really stressed. Right. And if you stop and think about it for a little bit, You'll recognize you can trace the stress back to fear. Right. Why am I stressed? Oh, well, because well, I'm, I'm afraid that I, if I don't get this done by this time, well, what? What's going to happen? Uh, I, I don't, I'm going to get fired or I'm going to get yelled at. I'm right. going to feel shame is really what it is. Right. I'm going to feel like I am not worthy of happiness or love. Right. But, like my value is decreasing because right. I didn't get this done in time. Or something. That's just a an, a small example, but we we experience these things on a daily basis, and it's becoming more aware of that, and then making a decision to shift the mind and say, no, this doesn't affect my worth as a person. If I don't get this done in time, life will go on. I'll be okay. Right. I can relax. I can calm down. And, and, I, can and I think
1: that that. The- Relaxing and calming down is going to help you get it done. Absolutely, without the stress, yeah. so you can actually achieve it and still be in a in a better a better um mode or yeah. I don't know word we're using for like, sure because
0: know. love is going to and and calmness and peace they're going to um empower you physically, right? You know the the body needs to rest and relax.
1: But I like I answer. like the word you used the the inventory. I I think mm-hmm. that's it kind of struck me as like maybe I need to take a more regular inventory of how how I'm feeling, right, and see where I'm at. And when you're not feeling the way you should be
0: or should be, I shouldn't say should be how you want to be. how you want to be feeling. It's important not to chastise yourself right. or beat yourself up or say this is bad because I'm no, it's okay, no big deal. Just course correct. Right. Now I can get back headed in the direction I want to be going and and i can start really tuning into love and and so he elder holland gives us three lessons from the experiences that he shared right mm-hmm. that he wants us to know and and they, they they tie in very well with what we've been talking about here the first lesson is so because this is what he's talking this is the lessons that um are regarding the revelation and how it works and how it comes and how we can know it's coming from God and how we can keep trusting it, you know? So the first lesson is that revelation almost always comes in response to a question. So we have to ask right. for it. And then, of course, we have to believe that we'll get an answer. And that's something that I struggle with. And I don't know if you do, but I bet that a lot of people do. Is like, how often do we ask for something fully believing we're not going to get, get an answer to it? Right. But like we feel obligated. So I need to ask for it. But I think that we kind of like trick ourselves into believing that it's just, well, you know, thy will be done and and whatever you want to give to me. But really, it's for me at least, I don't want to put forth the mental energy to try to believe that it's going to happen because I don't want to be disappointed. Right. If it doesn't. But right there, what am I saying? Well, it's not going to happen. Right. That's doubt. There's no
1: certain certainty there. Yeah.
0: So, and now like when I say this, like understand that it can be challenging to do this and it's okay if you can't do it. It's just be aware of that and and aim toward being able to do that. Ask the
1: question, ask God and believe that you can. Try to believe that he can, that he will answer
0: you. He wants to answer you. Right. He wants to give you revelation. He really wants to. Right. You know, we have to ask and we have to believe that he'll give us and he will because
1: he loves you and he He wants to be a part of your life. Well, I think the more we pray sincerely with that real intent and really yeah. want it, yeah. the more in tune with love we will be. Yeah. Because yeah. God is love and, and the more we, we try to connect with him, the more love we're going to feel.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Um, and, and it kind of helps us to become more certain. Right. that's really what I found. Like certainty sometimes feels like this really, um, almost like a war. You're going into battle, like this armor on them and they're just prote- like they're, they, they, they can't be touched. They're just too, you, does that make sense? Like you're they're they're just too strong and they're, but I've, I've found in reading, um, in daring greatly and trying and starting to understand what vulnerability is, right? that that's true certainty. It's a very peaceful and calm hmm. and, and it, for me, at least, right. most of the time, it's it just you're calmly assured, okay, yeah, this is going to happen, it'll it'll happen, no problem. I don't have to try to force it by my own strength or willpower, just allow it, allow it to come. Right. So that's the first lesson.
1: In lesson number two, he says, lesson number two is closely related to it. It is that in the, in the process of revelation and in making important decisions, fear almost always plays a destructive sometimes paralyzing role exactly and that's what we've we've talked about so when you pray
0: to god and you receive an answer and you feel that it is true trust that because what's going to happen is satan's going to come in with fear in some way from some other person or from just put a thought into your own mind that says no i don't know it might not be true he's going to try to get you to fear and the fear is the enemy of faith it's the enemy of certainty it's your enemy and it's going to cause you to be unable to trust that answer from God or really to even get an answer from God
1: if we're afraid. He 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 goes on and he he references the 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 children of Israel story that he just talked about with the mm. Red Sea and he said that is exactly the problem that beset the children of Israel at the edge of the Red Sea. That is lesson number 2. It has everything to do with holding fast to earlier illumination. Mm. The record says, and when the Pharaoh drew nigh, the children of Israel lifted up their eyes and behold, the Egyptians marched after them and they were sore afraid. Mm-hmm. And then he goes on and he says, some like those Paul had described earlier said, let's go back. This isn't worth it. We must have been wrong. Mm-hmm. That probably wasn't the right spirit telling us to leave Egypt. What they yeah. actually said to Moses was, wherefore hast thou dealt thus with us to carry us forth out of Egypt? It had been better for us to serve the Egyptians then that we should die in the wilderness. Mm. And then other Holland kind of hits this. You should go listen to this or pull up the yeah, YouTube video. It's... And then he says, and I have to say, what about that which has already happened? What about the miracles that got you here? What about the frogs and the lice? What about the rod and the serpent? What about the river and the blood? What about the hail and the locust, the fire and the firstborn sons? How soon we forget It would not have been better for us to stay and serve the Egyptians, and it is not better to remain outside the church, nor reject a mission call, nor put off marriage, and so on and so on forever. Of course, our faith will be tested as we fight through these self-doubts and second thoughts. Mm. Some days we will be miraculously led out of Egypt, seemingly free, seemingly on our way, only to come to yet another confrontation, Mm. like all that water lying before us. At those times, we must resist the temptation to panic and to give up. At those times, fear will be the strongest of the adversary's weapons against us. And then he
0: sums it up, and the scripture sums it up. And Moses said unto the people, Fear ye not, stand still, and see the salvation of the Lord. The Lord shall fight for you. So I want to point out something here that I think is interesting and something that I've been kind of evolving into um, as I've been learning and studying and pondering these topics. And I used to have the kind of the understanding that this life is for failing, like that that's the purpose of life. Because failure uh, tries us, it it challenges us, It, it makes us suffer. And I felt like suffering is the point of life because that's the refiner's fire, right? Like right? That's what's going to teach us. So basically, I just most of my life I've expected to fail and suffer and not not get answers to my prayers because I thought, well, it's if it's what I want, then it's not what God wants because He wants me to to not have what I want because right. that will try me. Does that make sense? It's mm-hmm. kind of a weird paradox, but I've kind of had that opinion uh, that idea in my mind that says. Anything that will, make, that will cause me pain, that's what I'm supposed to experience all the time, forever. Mm-hmm. So, if I want to, I don't know, if I, if I want to um, go to this certain school or take this certain program or get this certain job or whatever, if I, if I pray for it, it's like I believe, uh, well, now that's not going to happen because I want it, right? And so, the, my point here is that... And, and a lot of times throughout this talk, Elder Holland will say something like, the opposition will come, right? Mm-hmm. It'll assuredly come, um, darkness will come and try to thwart you, right? But my what I've come to understand now, and it's still kind of a process in trying to believe it and understand it fully, the purpose of life is not for you to fail. The purpose in life is not, necessarily for you to suffer. The purpose of life is for you to overcome the opposition. That means you can succeed. Right. The purpose is for you to succeed through faith. Does that make sense? So the purpose of the children of Israel wasn't for them to just go through a lot of pain and suffering as, as they were being refined or, or whatever. It was for them to To gain the type type of faith in Christ, in Jehovah, that they weren't thwarted by Satan's attempts to make them fear. Right. Right? Like, could they not have just chosen? Not that this would be an easy thing to do, but I'm saying, was it not... An option for them to all just totally trust no doubts whatsoever and never even say anything like how,
1: you know, thou, thou dealt with us thusly or whatever they said, you know. Because if you think about it, when they're in that mindset and that mood, mm. are they being refined? Right. Not
0: necessarily. They're just
1: like, oh, this is so... They're just like... It's when they decide to change that mindset that, right. that
0: then they are being refined. Right. Right. And so, and if they had just totally accepted it in the moment, like at the moment Moses said, okay, we're now we're going to do this... We're going this way and they had no doubts or no fears whatsoever, even though everything looked like they were going to fail because now they're trapped by the water and here come the armies of Pharaoh and now like, where are they going to go? Right. Right. But if somehow they had such an intense amount of faith and trust in God that fear didn't even enter their mind or their heart because they had no place to go, how would things have been a little bit different?
1: I don't know. I don't know. Right. Well, what what story popped into my head kind of as you were mm-hmm. explaining that was almost like a reverse story maybe could be almost like the stripling warriors a mm-hmm. little bit mm-hmm. kind of in a sense like it seemed like they kind of went out without fear mm-hmm. in a sense I'd have to go read through through it again and see Yeah, if it, well, it we mentions, did not doubt
0: our mother's new Right. It. You yeah. know,
1: and so they went out and then what happened to them like not a single one of them.
0: Not a died. single one of them died. They all were wounded. Right. And I think that. But, like, but I
1: feel, feel like they went out with more than the children of Israel were following right. Moses. Yeah. The children of Israel were kind of following Moses because they really had kind of no other choice, a little bit. Right. Like they were kind of being forced out by the Egyptians and yeah. their yeah. lives were in danger. So they were kind of going, they're kind of following Moses based right. on fear a little bit. Fear uh, yeah, for their probably, lives, yeah, you probably. know? Instead of like following him with trust that he's that if we follow him, we're following God, and he's right. going to deliver us.
0: Right. And our purpose here is to um, become like God. Right. And that he's actually changing us through this process. So I think that's kind of my one of the one thing I would say about this talk that I, I really wanted to point out was that idea that like there is going to be opposition, but like understand this in, in your life, you're allowed to succeed. You're allowed to overcome that opposition as quickly as you can. So I want to point, I want to bring in this talk that we talked about in my institute class yesterday, okay. last night we went to, they're teaching the teachings of the prophets you know and and doing they're doing just a really awesome job and it and it's um they're the teachers i really love them and they 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 teach they normally teach uh hymns of the restoration and they teach about a hymn every week which is really cool and unique but he's a a music composer and you know he you know scores films and stuff he's, he's really incredibly talented um, but this semester, they're doing Teachings of the Prophets, and it's just been awesome. And the, the talk they talked about last night was called A Pattern for Peace, and it was from this last conference by Bishop W. Christopher Waddell. And this part that they pointed out to begin the lesson was this part that says, Peace of mind, peace of conscience, and peace of heart are not determined by our ability to avoid trials, sorrow, or heartache. Despite our sincere pleas, not every storm will change course, not every infirmity will be healed, and we may not fully understand every doctrine, principle, or practice taught by the prophets, seers, and revelators. Nevertheless, we have been promised peace with a condition attached. Okay, so uh, what I took from this lesson last night, kind of from what I've been studying recently, was, okay, so not all prayers are going to be answered in the way you want to, you know whatever, I don't, not, not whatever, but like, that's going to like, either that will happen or it won't happen. That does, that's sort of irrelevant to me. But what I really liked about that phrase or that, that paragraph was peace of mind, conscience, and peace of heart are not determined by, so like, even if you're the children of Israel and you're being driven and you're being chased and you're, and, and you don't know what's going to happen, you can have every second of every moment. You can have peace of mind, peace of conscience, and peace of heart. Right now, what does that do to you in the experience? It changes everything. Changes everything.
1: Like literally everything.
0: Right. We can we can pull in another um, example of this from the scriptures from Mosiah, right? In, in chapter twenty twenty four, and this is when Alma. Um, and his people they're in bondage now and the Lamanites are taxing them with heavy burdens there's quite a lot like the children of Israel actually right and so then they were and now they're saying you can't even pray we'll kill you if you if you pray so they pray in their hearts and in verse 12 he says they did raise their voices um, to the Lord their God uh, or they did not raise their voices to the Lord their God but did pour out their hearts to him and he didn't know the thoughts of their hearts right and it came to pass that the, the voice of the Lord came to them in their afflictions, saying, Lift up your heads and be of good comfort, for I know the covenant which ye have made unto me, and I will covenant with my people to deliver them out of bondage. And I will also ease the burdens which are put upon your shoulders, even that even ye cannot feel them upon your backs. Okay, now my question here is this. So like the idea, and this is the lesson that we always hear in Sunday school or whatever is like, see, the Lord won't always take the burdens away, right? Okay. My question is this: What's the difference between having a burden taken away from you and not being able to feel the burden? He he will ease
1: the burden it's on that your back. even
0: you cannot feel them upon your back. Right, like
1: what? So basically, he took it away. Right,
0: because kind of, isn't it in my mind is that that pain and and suffering and and is all in the mind, really? Yes, there's physical right. I, I get I don't want to oversimplify but, but, but it, but he
1: could remove the physical too.
0: He can, and it, and he just said he that's what he's implying there. Even you cannot feel them upon your back; so you physically can't feel them, right? Okay, so like, what's the, is there really a difference if you have a trial but you can't feel the pain of it? Is it really a trial? I mean, what I mean is not that like because they do help us and, and gr- we we can grow and learn from them, but like in this case. He eased them to the point that they couldn't even feel them. They weren't heavy to them. They weren't a big deal to them. What's the difference between that and actually removing them? The trial. Right. Like I don't know. It's just a, an interesting thing. Did that he I basically removed them? Right. And so then it actually goes on in the next verse. The burdens were, were made light and the Lord, Lord did strengthen them that they could bear up their burdens with ease. Right. And people always say, well, see, he he, the burdens make you stronger. Well, the burdens didn't make them stronger. The Lord made them stronger. Right. So that they could lift their burdens with ease. Like just trying to lift your burdens on your own over and over again won't necessarily. I think, yeah, it probably will make you stronger, you know, in the physical, worldly sense. Like right. if you go and lift weights and whatever, it makes you, tears your muscles down and builds them back up. But we're talking about actually having the power of God instead here. The power of God to make us stronger, so that we can lift our burdens without with, with ease, and then verse sixteen is is the key one for me here, that I think is interesting, and it came to pass that so great was their faith and their patience that the voice of the Lord came unto them again, saying, Be of good comfort, for on the morrow I will deliver you out of bondage. Okay, so why did he decide to do it on the morrow like what what was the trigger? What, what was the, the um cause of him saying, okay, now I'm going to do it tomorrow.
1: So great was their faith and their patience.
0: Right. So they actually affected the Lord's timing. I, and I, that's another one that we always hear about, like the Lord's timing. The Lord's timing is not our timing. And that's true, sure. But they affected his timing because he said, because of their great faith and their patience, he said, okay, I'll deliver you tomorrow. I don't know. I just, I'm, I'm not necessarily trying to make major statements i'm just pointing these things out that i've found very interesting
1: well i mean just you can go back through all the miracles in in the new testament whether jesus performed them or the apostles performed them a lot of times you know the timing probably was based on their own faith right you know
0: right and and so like sometimes i think we hesitate to say that kind of thing because then it, it can discourage people right like well, I don't have the faith, and I'll never have the faith, and I just might as well not even try. Because they, you know. Right. Or, or, well, I didn't have the faith, that's why this bad thing happened. It's a complex issue. Right. right. But I do think that we have a little bit more um, sway over the things that happen in our lives with our
1: faith or with our works. Well, I think we can easily just conclude with this conversation, that you have the potential to have the faith, yeah, And for sure, And yeah. like you, like you may not have it now, or you may have not had it in the past, but you can have it. Like you've got to yeah. believe that, right? I mean, you're going to become like our heavenly Father, yeah. That's our goal, yeah. And if you believe that can happen, then you should be able to believe that you can take steps to get there in this well, life. And the and the problem,
0: one of the problems, might be that do we be- really believe that, right? And that, so like, that's kind of been a revelation for me is that like, I need to believe that. Right. And if I don't believe it, that's okay. It doesn't mean I'm evil or bad. It just means that's where I'm want to aim toward. I want to be working toward being able to believe that. Right. That I am a God, in embryo, as I think it was Elder, or um, was C.S. Lewis, maybe that said that. But like that, that I really am going to become a God and therefore I'm going to have that kind of faith. And why not now? Why not have that faith now? Right. You know? And so my point in, in, is just that the opposition doesn't have to affect you. Meaning the, the opposition doesn't have to change your emotional state. It doesn't have to cause you to fail or stumble or anything. It's okay if it does. And it often will. Right. Especially as we're learning and growing, we're going to be stumbling all over the place trying to grasp things. But I think it's important that we understand that our beliefs affect and determine the experiences that we have to a great deal, uh, a great degree. And so if we believe that I'm going to fail because Satan's going to oppose me and that means I'm going to fail, I'm going to stumble, I'm not going to be able to achieve the thing I'm trying to achieve, that becomes counterproductive to us developing that faith. Instead of believing I'm certain that I'm going to succeed because God is with me, so, even when a an opposition does come up it's it doesn't it's undaunting. I don't care who cares. I'll find a different way because God's with me, and I know I'm gonna be able to do it, like Nephi, I will go and do because I know the Lord provides a way to accomplish the thing that he in fact that's isn't that the third lesson I think.
1: Um, He might talk about that, but quickly before we move on, I just think this is a great example that you shared in Mosiah 24 with Mm. Alma and his people, because basically they stayed true to their previous illumination. They knew Mm -hmm. what was right. They were facing um, a trial Mm -hmm. and they stayed faithful and patient and Mm -hmm. knew the Lord would deliver them. And he did. Well,
0: and one thing I want to point out this before you is like, it's a, I like that word patience. It's interesting. Why did he use that word patient? Because of their great faith and patience. Patience, what do you mean? In my mind, the word patience is there because it is the feeling that they had. They had. They felt patient, meaning they felt totally calm and assured. Right. It's already done. I don't have to worry about it. God's already taken care of it. He's He's easing my burdens. He's delivering me out of bondage. He's doing it. He's taking care of it. I don't feel stressed or worried or concerned at all. I feel patience. I feel just, hey, no worries. You take your time. You do whatever you need to do because I know it's coming and it's no no problem.
1: Um, one other thing that he mentions in here that you kind of brought up, you said you might have to do something different or go another way yeah. or whatever. Yeah. And he uses the example of, is it Alma going to Ammonihah? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and he had to find an unusual way into the city, right. um, you yeah. know, and and like he said, he's like, no one's ever crossed the Red Sea like this before. Right. Like this is this is something that's completely never right. happened before. And so we may be faced with trials where you think like this is the only way out. Like right. no, there, there are other ways. Like, like, like God... Y- you don't right. understand, like nothing's impossible right. with with God's help. Yeah. And so I think sometimes our mortal mindset or our mortal minds restrict our ability right. to see a way out. Yeah. And so then we just fear Fear and doubt and be like, well, there's no way. And we just convince ourselves or Satan convinces us that there's no way out of this. There's no happy ending, you know? And so then what do we do? We lose our patience and we lose our faith. Right. So then we can't... We cast away our confidence. Exactly.
0: Well, the Book of Mormon says it in a a slightly different way another time where we're in Alma 32 and he's talking about faith, right? He says, um, if you do not cast it out by your unbelief... That's another way of saying the same thing, like you know, cast away your confidence by your unbelief or your fear or your doubt, right? Or if you believe in something that contradicts what you're hearing, you might cast it out by your unbelief or your belief in something that's contrary to that, you know? Right. Right. Like, and how does this play out in like everyday average life? You know, just in our normal lives, like... You know, I, I wanna, I wanna do the, I wanna accomplish this one thing, right? Like, I, I want to, um, I want to, here's a good example that I'm trying to grow a garden. (laughs) And, and I, but I, like, I, I'm a, Permaculturist. And so like, I'm trying to grow a food forest and design it really. But so, like, I always let all these little things, but I don't have access to a truck right now, or I don't have access to the type of, uh, fertilizer that I want to use, the type of, you know, like or, organic manure, or, or I don't have enough money to buy all the plants that I want to plant, plant, or I want to grow a garden in this other location. You know, we have some property, but it's a ways away and I don't have water up there, you know, and I let all these things get in my way and say, I can't do it because of these things. Well, what about like, if it's something that's right or good, can I find a way? I mean, isn't there some thing? Can't God make it rain where I don't have the water every day if it needs it or what? You know what I mean? Like, I'm not saying that's what's going to happen, but look what he did for the children of Israel. Right. Can't I believe, Hey, anything is possible. And I don't. Okay, so I don't have the uh, resources right now. Maybe like the brother of Jared, I can say the Lord will say, "What would you have me do?" And I can say, uh, "Will you make it rain up there right. when I plant this garden, so it'll it'll start growing and 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 do well?" So you know, we limit, like you were just saying, we limit our our success because we have a limited view of what's possible, right? And we let fear get in the way. I feel this, oh, I need to plan. I really want to plan a garden. I feel peaceful about that. And then all of a sudden I let the little fears come in. Oh, but I can't because of this. And I can't because of that. And I can't, you know, so
1: yeah. But anyway, so like the third lesson. I think we kind of already touched on it a little bit. Yeah. He just says. Um, God will provide. Yeah. Along with the illuminating revelation that points us toward a righteous purpose or duty. God will also provide the means and power to achieve that purpose. Yeah. Trust in that eternal truth. If God has told you something is right, if something is indeed true for you, He will provide the way for you to accomplish it. Yeah, I so, will go and do the things which the Lord hath commanded. Right, absolutely. For I know the Lord commanded to know things.
0: You know, say He shall prepare a way for the, um, the children of men. Right,
1: to accomplish them. Yeah, that was. We, we had to both uh, work on that one. Well,
0: and it did. was it was it was choppy. It, it was, was choppy, uh, but
1: it is basically that. <laughs> it's basically
0: right. <laughs> Right, exactly. I mean, he provides the way, he has the power, he provides the power, and we can do anything that he asks us to do. We can do things that we are asking him to help us to do. So, yeah, anyway, I, 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 this talk, listen to it. Listen to it. We'll put the link to, yeah. to it in the show notes. should yeah. give it a listen. It's a good one. It is so powerful and so good. You showed it to me when you, you found it on your mission.
1: Yeah, it, for me, because I was, it was toward the end of my mission, and— it was at that point where you're a few weeks out and you start thinking about you're coming home and like, what are you going to do with your life?
0: Yeah.
1: And um, there's a lot of fear with that. And Mm -hmm. I just, it it kind of acted to me almost in a sense it's been nice to dive more deeply into it. But initially it was like kind of a pump up talk. Like you can do anything like, you know, don't, don't, don't don't fear anything. You can go and accomplish anything. So it was kind of more of a pump up thing for me initially. And then as I was able to dive deeper mm. into it and kind of understand it better so that I could kind of apply some of the principles from the different experiences and stories he shared yeah. from the scriptures.
0: Well, and I, I would say, I mean, that that's like one of the, the main points I've learned recently is that there is no place for fear in the gospel of Jesus Christ. For God hath not given us the spirit of fear, but of power and of love. And of a sound mind and I think that that is fear is just our our greatest enemy And if we can learn how to live without fear and that's what I mean I think vulnerability is such a beautiful thing because like what you're doing is like you're living from love really right you're you're living um from a a place of like total self-acceptance and total love in in accepting like uh, yourself in all your imperfections and flaws and broken bits and and your stumble and that's what that's another thing I got from this talk was just that like Look, you don't need to wait until everything's perfect. And you don't need to wait until you have all the answers to start just kind of making some efforts and taking some action. If you have received some revelation, take action on it, some kind of re- action. You probably are going to be stumbling around trying to, um, you know, at first because your faith grows. But I, th- I do think while we don't rely on our own works, for our salvation, that taking action and acting as if something is true and real, that's what helps us to really like actualize faith, makes it, make it real in real life, make it applicable and make it, it it gives it a lot of power, you know? So if you receive some kind of revelation, you know, if you're, or if you're trying to receive some revelation, or if you're just trying to go through life, don't let the fear kind of paralyze you into, um, you know, inaction or like, you know, that I'm not going to do anything until everything's perfect or until I know what to do or until, you know, Right. seek that in prayer and in pondering and in meditation and in being still and quiet, but, but take action too. To, uh, along the way, do do them both, and don't burn yourself out. Don't try to rely on your own action, uh, your own works, but but don't let fear stop you from from acting. Right. I don't know. I I think that's that's all I got. All I got. Yeah. But but what a great talk. was a great talk. So listen to it and and listen to it again and again. Be become aware and take inventory of your emotional state and and ask yourself if it's if it's fear or if it's love and that'll help you to discern where something is coming from amen